Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Alrighty, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time for the second half of Know Your Enemy. Once again, my name is Michael Beck, joined by a chuckling Jeffrey Benedict. What is going on? Did I say my name wrong? What happened this time? What did I do? No, alrighty. Alrighty. Almost like uh I am Canadian. Canadian. I am righty. I am wearing All a our friends maple leaf today. I am that Canadian. Gosh, darn it. Alrighty. Alrighty. All right, yeah, we're get, we're gonna have to get Keith Butler on this podcast. <laughs> Guys uh, all right, let's get to the uh, super chat that we got earlier on the show before <laughs> I get completely ripped apart. Comes in from Sean Manahan. He put five dollars in the tip jar. He asked if there's any chance this season we will put an inverted cover two uh, that we saw from Super Bowl forty three, but with Minka Fitzpatrick playing the corner spot and a corner playing back at safety. Jeffrey, what do you think? Yeah, with Sutton. There's a chance there. Like, I hadn't thought about that. That's actually an interesting one. I could totally see Minka up at corner. He's played it. He can do cornerback. Uh, it's not like Terrell Edmonds where you're like, oh, you can cover, but you're going to have to do something different all of a sudden. And, uh, yeah, I I can see it. I can see it. I can see them putting Sutton back and Minka up. There is definitely a possibility of that. Okay. Um, so to kind of get back on our schedule programming is <laughs> – Oh my gosh! Oh, I can't man. say anything without without uh, either making an idiot of myself or just Jeffrey chuckling. 
no matter what. I, I don't know. It's, it's just a vicious cycle here at BTSC. But, uh, <laughs> Jeffrey, what are your overall thoughts of this uh, Sunday's game coming up? Are you excited uh, from the Steelers' perspective? First time in Heinz Field with fans in the stands. That environment's going to be juiced up, coming off a huge win. Honestly, I, I'm really excited to watch the Steelers play this one. I, I think they're going to be firing all cylinders, as opposed to what they did in Buffalo, where it's kind of uh, hang on, just hold on to the rope until the end and try to sneak one out, which is exactly what they did. I think we're seeing a complete opposite Steelers team this weekend. What are your thoughts? I think I, I have to agree with our guest. I think we're going to see a low-scoring game. Uh, these two teams combined in week one through three quarters combined the Steelers and Oakland Raiders scored 16 points in three quarters of football uh obviously the Steelers had a special teams touchdown and the the Raiders and Ravens just went off scoring trading scores back and forth in the fourth quarter uh and over and in overtime but I think we're going to see a lower scoring game uh which I like because the Steelers need to get the run game right they need to get it going they need to they need to work the ball around and and having that a nice low scoring game gives you some leeway, kick some Chris Boswell field goals, keep your you know keep the game going, get your run game going, get Najee Harris involved, get uh yeah I said oh, I'm gonna he was he was chiding you and I'm sitting there I'm sitting there thinking I'm gonna try and avoid saying the team name so I don't say Oakland that's why I've been because they're the Oakland Raiders. They're the Oakland. I don't care where they are. They're still the Oakland Raiders. Even when they're in LA. The Oakland Raiders Raiders. are now playing in Las Vegas. That's the truth, people. Um, Oh, gosh. But, yeah, I think think we're going to see a low-scoring game, and I really like that. Okay, interesting. Uh, I am kind of under the assumption that the Steelers might have a a hot start. Honestly, like, it will sound super homer, but I I feel like the Steelers are going to get the jump on this team uh, from the get-go and, like, just kind of – one of those games where the environment's right. Uh, the Raiders are coming off this super emotional, up and down, crazy overtime victory on a Monday night. Uh, they're very banged up and injured. I, I think there's a lot of factors pointing in the Steelers' direction. First and foremost is how healthy the Steelers are. Like Coach Tomlin even said at his press conference today, like, yeah, from a health perspective, you know, we're, we're good. <laughs> and then the Raiders, on the other hand, everyone's hurt on that team. And they just went through the ringer. Uh, emotionally, do you think that could be a factor at all that uh, they, they played this insane game Monday night, five quarters long, uh, pretty much going the distance in overtime, uh, one last day to prepare? Do you think those factors could sway uh, the result on Sunday at all, or is that just all kind of uh, just semantics? I think I think the one fewer day is is an impact, and I do think you know an overtime game like that. Where there was it was a it was a crazy game and there was a lot of hitting there those guys were they were really going at each other, uh, I and that could very well have an impact. Um, man, think of that overtime game. I cannot get over. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just completely out of the blue, just jumping off off the rails here. But did you watch? Did you see the game winning touchdown? Of course I did. Uh, watching yeah, the Ravens lose. David Carr just tune in for that. Derek Carr, not David. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna be bad. It's gonna get bad here. <laughs> Derek Carr just like I mean, he took like three steps back and just threw a prayer. Oh, it was. I mean, he just chucked it. Back it foot. It was ugly. And, then, and Marlon Humphreys just like, oh, I got beat. I'll stop running. Yeah, and like, <laughs> I was like holy crap. And then it's that's it. That's the game. That was the game. I. It was bizarre. Also, I kept hearing it was a really great game. So I watched the whole thing 
today just to prep for the show. It's a great and, and it was a terrible game. It's it a great was last five minutes. Terrible game. And then and then it was like a sh- and then like the whole game, the offenses can't figure out the defenses are dominating. And then like the last five minutes, the defenses are like, all right, we're done. We're just gonna you know we're we're here to we're here to just get our paycheck now. We don't care. And the offenses go off. And it, I don't know. I didn't like it. It was a crappy game to me. So this is a really good super chat here. Uh, oh gosh, from Monster Nineteen. Hopefully, I got that right. He puts a dollar ninety nine, or she puts a dollar ninety nine in the tip jar. Asks any chance Najee runs for seventy five plus yards? Of course, I think he only hit forty eight yards or forty five against the Bills. Uh, what do you think, Jeffrey? Could, could they kind of start getting things in motion for Najee Harris to have a better game? No, I don't see it. I really don't. This team right now, as it is. No, I think they need to work on the run game. Maybe if it's low scoring and he can break one, he can he can hit something. What I what I really want to see, and this is what really killed the Steelers against Buffalo. How many times did Ben Roethlisberger have Najee Harris open in the flats and just flat out miss him? I think it was three complete yeah. whiffs on, and that's on... where he made his yards in the preseason. That's where he's going to be de- deadly. Is when he slips out there. And now he doesn't have to worry about the fact that our offensive line doesn't know what they're doing. Now he doesn't have to worry about the defensive line. He can outrun the linebackers. He can truck a cornerback. He can juke people. You get that man in the open field, he is going to he's going to collect some ankles. He's going to take some bodies and he is going to get some yards. And Ben's just like, "Hey Najee, are you 78 feet tall? No? Are you like can you can you chase Claypool this? If not, like like I mean, wide open Six yards from Ben Roethlisberger, no one in between him, and Ben's just like, oh, throwing it way over your head. And you see Najee, like, jumping with one hand, just tipping the ball, trying to tip it to himself so he's a chance to do something. That's terrible. If they get that sorted out, Najee Harris can have a big game, but I don't see 75 rushing yards yet, not with not with the way this offensive line is playing. I kind of have a prediction for this game, and uh, tell me if I'm crazy. But, well, you probably will. But uh, Crazy. Oh, there you go. Um <laughs> So Ben Roethlisberger is three touchdown passes away from 400 on his career. He'd be the eighth person to do so in NFL history. We all know, watching these Steeler games, when someone's close to a record, Coach Tomlin like kind of likes to push the envelope so they can do it. This is the first time the Steelers are playing at home and in front of a full house since, what, 2019. Do you think the Steelers try to push this uh, a little bit more – Game plan wise, where Ben Roethlisberger is kind of the feature in this game to try to have this kind of nice story in front of the fans where he can have these three touchdown passes, get to 400, be this nice little story. In the back of my mind, I feel like that's how it kind of plays out. Am I crazy aside from the usual reasons, or is this something that uh, is definitely a possibility? Oh, I'm going to go with you being crazy, Michael. Uh, the way The way Ben played in week one, like, Not great. I know you like the storyline, but look at the quarterback play we had in week one and tell me you're going to be like, you know what we should do in week two is just have Ben throw it all the time. Like, that's that's not how you want to go this. Like, if he's if he's starting off and he's a little rough still, like, you're talking we're down points off defensive turnover. You know, you're talking we don't want that. We don't want that. So I think you're going to see again – you're going to see Matt Canna do a lot of motion. You're going to see a lot of runs. You're going to see a lot of the same setup you saw in Buffalo because that's what they really need to get going for this offense to thrive. It's way too early in the season, and this isn't the game to start abandoning you know, the formula and just say, well, Ben, hopefully you have it. 
hopefully we can just win with you throwing it. So do you think Ben Roethlisberger is completely washed? Are these uh, what people were saying were true? Or uh, are, are we going to be kind of uh, wishing that he wasn't the guy this year, but by year's end, what's the, what's the vibe right now? I don't think that at all. Uh, I think we saw Ben start to settle down. I, I honestly, I honestly think fans, stadium, like the whole atmosphere. Ben's always been a very, you know, roller coastery type of quarterback. He's always been a guy who's who's in the moment. You know, when he travels far and's in front of a hostile crowd, he doesn't play as well. All all that kind of stuff. I think you saw to me, especially the fact that he was overthrowing everything early, and he was just strong. Like he was pushing balls too far if he's leading someone it was always leading him too far i think you're seeing a little bit of adrenaline there i think you're seeing a little bit too much excitement uh so i think he will settle it down i think he'll be fine uh but i also think it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get going uh for him to hit mid-season form and personally part of it is i'm hoping that's the case this team needs ben roethlisberger to be in mid-season form late in the season because he's not going to he's he's in my opinion he's old enough he's not going to be a guy that can carry a team for 17 games. He's not going to be that guy. The longer we can go and just kind of ease him in and get him going, you know, that's fine by me. We want we want really we want these guys for the playoffs. Ben Najee, we want them rolling the offensive line. We want them gelled and going. We want Claypool going off. We want all that end of the season into the playoffs. And what we saw in Buffalo was heartening because you saw a team win when we didn't have that. And if we can pull off enough wins to just make it to the playoffs and have those guys going, that'd be the great. That'd be the best. Oh, that would be beautiful. Um, we have talked to uh, spend a little bit of time on the offensive side of the ball, but we really should talk about this Pittsburgh Steelers defense because holy smokes, that was an unbelievable performance against the Buffalo Bills quarter or from kickoff to final whistle. That was dominance straight up against one of the best offenses in the NFL. That was a beautiful performance. Before we get in, into like this game itself, when speaking about this defense, talent-wise, have they proved to you that this could, could be a, as talented a defense as one that we saw, say, going back to 2008? I, I wouldn't put them on that level. I would, I would not put them on that level. They're, they've got some guys. You know, they've got the the Cam Hayward. They've got the TJ Watt. Melvin Ingram looks like a fine – Highsmith, he's going to get his, but he the first game he wasn't great. Uh, he drew he drew a holding penalty. He had some good plays, don't get me wrong, but he he's not that level. He's not going yet. He's not – he hasn't had that game yet. Uh, I, I don't think 2008 – you give me like a 2007 – defense 2006 where they were kind of coming together Lamar Woodley before he became dominant you know I and I think you have something there when you have like uh was it 2006 right after the Super Bowl when it was that was 2007 when Woodley was a rookie I, I think I think we can pull that kind of defense off uh I don't think we're quite 2008 level yet okay gotcha yeah no that's totally fair it like it, it's also different eras but what were your overall thoughts of, of that game? Was that uh, was that as impressive as uh, I I saw it to be? Because that was one excellent game from that group. I was I was really worried about that game because the Bills do so many wide receivers. They play so many wide receivers, and they went wide receiver crazy in that game. Like they 
they averaged three and a half wide receivers per snap. That's insane. Like they they didn't even like average they averaged like a, a third of a two a tight end every two thirds two out of every three snaps they had a tight end on the field like they they didn't even play their good tight ends running backs barely got to play like they just went wide receivers at us threw it out there because that's their offense but also I think they went farther because you look at our roster you're saying where are the question marks well yeah defensive back that was our number one question mark heading into this game they spread us out we were going. Five, six defensive backs a play. Very rarely did we even get three defense linemen on the field. And they answered the call. Uh, and really with some creativity, they the way they protected Trey Norwood, who had a really fine game and a phenomenal game, if you're counting the fact that it was his first game and he's a seventh-round pick rookie, right? No one thought this guy was NFL ready going into the draft. Nobody. If they thought he was ready to be a be a, a nickel corner on FL defense, he would have been gone in the fourth round. He lasted to the seventh. Nobody thought this guy was going to do this good. But the way they they had him in, then they, you know, they had Bolette come in for a while. They were switching Minka Fitzpatrick and him, not just moving Minka around to make more dangerous situations and, and answer, you know, fill holes and answer problems, but moving Trey Norwood around so that no one really got a chance to see his flaws and be able to exploit them in whatever position he was playing. Like, you didn't have long enough. So that was really great how they survived that, and that gives you a lot of hope for the defensive backs. This game coming up is going to test the Steelers in a very different direction, though. Very different. Now, before before we get into this game specifically, I want to ask about Cam Sun because – he made that incredible play on that fourth down stop, that fourth and one, that tackle, that that recognition, A1. That is as good as he's going to get. That is a 100 out of 100 football IQ play. On that flea flicker, he he stuck to Stefan Diggs and knocked the ball out of the air. That was a play no one's talking about, but Cam Sutton made that play. He made plays all game long, and he was the guy that they were targeting. Sure, they scored that touchdown on him, but that was literally a perfect pass. That, an inch to the left, inch to the right, that was incomplete. Cam Sutton was all over Gabe Davis, I believe it was. Is Cam Sutton that guy? Is he a dude for us? Did the Steelers find something in Cam Sutton? Is this the reason why they let Steven Nelson walk? Okay, in the passing game, we saw what I expected from Cam Sutton. He gave up receptions, tackled the catch. He got beat by a great throw when the when the cut by the receiver got him turned around. And you know, if you're if you're facing away from the quarterback, you're covering the width of your shoulder. That's that's the old saying. He was trying to watch the guy's eyes. The guy did some late hands. Great throw, great work by the receiver in that situation, seeing how Cam Sutton had gotten himself turned around. Sutton did a good job recovering. His recovery was really good. He, he made that throw very difficult. He consistently made it hard on the offense. And that's really in the modern NFL where there is no such thing as a lockdown corner. There really isn't. The rules have taken that completely out of the game. You can't just shut somebody down one-on-one. Uh, the NFL rules won't let you. Cam Sutton is a very good cornerback. When you talk about that fourth and one stop, and furthermore, if you watch in the first quarter when they were up, when they had that first kickoff, he had a tackle on Stefan Diggs where they had Diggs on Trey Norwood and they tried to run a little out route with him. And very, you know, Joe Hayden-esque, he jumps in there and makes a hit as soon as Stefan Diggs gets the ball. Stefan Diggs is down. Trey Norwood's chasing Stefan Diggs. Cam Sutton makes the tackle. Those were the first two legit tackles for a loss I've seen in his career. 
right? In 2020, he had a sack where the quarterback escaped the pocket, was running for his life. And when he ran out of bounds one yard behind the line of scrimmage, Cameron Sutton was the closest player to him. That was his sack. He had a tackle for a loss where a guy fell down and Cameron Sutton walked up and touched him on the shoulder to down it. Like that, that was his tackle for a loss. This is not Cam Sutton's game. And he really added that, really developed that this season. So yeah, Cam Sutton, phenomenal what I saw there. A lot of growth from him. And I think he's he's going to be a very solid starting cornerback. I think as the season goes on, we're going to see he's a Steven Nelson. Right, don't don't put him higher than that. He's gonna be a Steven Nelson, just a cheaper version. And I, I think honestly, with what he showed there, he can actually be that. I've been saying if he's eighty percent of Steven Nelson for one third the cost, that's great. I, I think he can legit be exactly what Steven Nelson was for the Steelers. You said that exact phrase to me about fifteen times throughout this offseason off air. So, uh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Jeffrey is sticking to his guns one hundred percent. Just so you know. But aside from that, of course, we're talking about the defensive backs, and we talked about Darren Waller in the first half. How the heck are the Steelers going to stop this guy? Can the Steelers be the team that stops this guy from this ridiculous run he's been on? Because like I like I've mentioned, and it should be in an article that's dropping on Thursday morning, Darren Waller is the key to this game. If the Steelers can find a way to stop him, the Raiders have no hope. Because seriously, he has been their offense for the last about 10 games. Can they stop this guy or is slowing this guy the best-case scenario? Slowing being like 75 yards. Uh, I got good news for you. Um, the Steelers are, are the perfect team to stop this. They are the team to stop this because, first off, you have Terrell Edmonds. Like, Minka Fitzpatrick was moving around this game, and Terrell Edmonds, the Steelers were dedicated against Buffalo to keeping two safeties deep. Dedicated to it, right? That's not going to be the case in Oakland. You're going to see single high safety. You're going to see Mink with Fitzpatrick as that single high safety. You're going to see Terrell Edmonds up when Buffalo, when Buffalo, when not Oakland, when Las Vegas, the Raiders go. The Buffalo Raiders. Multiple wide receivers. They spread it out. They do that a lot with running backs and everything. They'll do heavy sets and then go five wide. Uh, When they do that, you're going to see a Terrell Edmonds on Darren Waller. And you're going to see something that people will probably go crazy about. You're going to see Joe Schobert on Darren Waller with Minka Fitzpatrick behind him. You're going to see that. You're going to see someone in his zone behind him, Joe Schobert up on him, so that if he does go deep, yeah, he's going to beat Joe Schobert deep. Of course he's going to beat Joe Schobert deep. But you have help. You have that bracket, which is what, what our guest was talking about, bracket coverage. When the linebackers, you see a linebacker on a, on a glaring mismatch, it's bracket coverage. There's, there's a safety behind them almost every time. So if it goes deep, it, they're there to take that play. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think they can. The Steelers in 2018 were one of the worst teams against tight ends. 2019, 2020, both. They're top three in defending tight ends. Expect the Steelers to have a really good game against Darren Waller. I would expect somewhere around the somewhere around about five or less yards per target. Either that or they just or they have to get away from him. If he has over 10 targets, I think you're seeing, you know, five. Carr loves throwing him the ball, though. He had 19 targets last game. I I think Carr just will force it to him. If you think if you think 19 targets, if he had 80 yards, that's slightly over four yards per target. That's a that's a clear win. Like, if he gets 80 yards on 19 targets, the Steelers have to count that as a major victory. If he has one tight end and 80 yards on 19 targets, you're like, yeah, you know what? We won the game because 
you spent that much of your offense throwing to a guy and you only got 18, 80 yards and a touchdown. I think this game specifically, the Steelers are also dodging a huge bullet and we'll get to play a team that was very much like what the Bills were last week with Josh Jacobs nursing about basically every injury you could at this point in the season because he is uh, he's beat up. Uh, losing your starting guard for the year. Alex Leatherwood struggling. I, I just can't foresee Kenyon Drake and uh, John Gruden looking at Kenyon Drake and be like, all right, you're going to be our guy and we're going to give you 30 carries. Uh, th- th- this game just is not set up for that. Uh, if this kind of turns into a like a shootout style game, is that exactly falling into the Steelers' lap with not shootout style, but uh, Derek Carr having to drop back and throw the ball 50 times? Is that exactly falling into what the Steelers would want to have happen? Absolutely. Absolutely that would. Uh, and one of the reasons is you you look at that that week one game, the, the Raiders weren't winning that game. Like for most of the game, they were trailing. Oh, yeah. It was close, but they were trailing. Buffalo was playing like three and a half receivers per play average on snap. Raiders are slightly above two. Slightly above two. They averaged 1.75 <coughs> tight ends per snap. That means vast majority of the time they had two tight ends on the field. If you had like 1.75 tight end slash fullbacks, right? They had that extra guy most of the time was a tight end or a fullback. They go big. They go strong. Uh, the Bills' top three leading receivers, the tallest is Stephon Diggs at six foot. The Bills, the the Raiders have like Darren Waller who's six foot six. Uh, you know, they, they use Kenyon Drake in the passing game. He's six one. They've got a 6'3 receiver. They have a lot more size. They're going to be a lot more deep speed. They're a very different way of attacking your defense. Uh, and I I think, honestly, it kind of does play into the Steelers. It's just the Steelers have to adapt to a very different offense that they're defending. So with exactly what you just said, talking about their sizes, could this be the week that Kello Witherspoon gets uh... – it gets off that healthy scratch host, of course, being traded for just a few days before the season, being a 6-3 corner. Could he be in the lineup? Could Carl Joseph? I know he was on. He was put on the protected uh, practice squad list, so I, I don't imagine he does play and just continues to be on the practice squad for another week. But uh, could, could he be a guy the Steelers uh, could be looking at to calling up to uh, try to slow down these bigger bodies? We could see it. I didn't see a Kella Witherspoon, but I don't know how much we're going to be playing nickel. Uh, to me, the story of this game is, you know, the story of week one and week two is week one tested our defensive back depth with Stefan to it out. Week two is going to test our defensive line depth. You're going to see a lot more three, four and the Raiders, if they're smart, they're going to do that. Uh, we saw that when I think Hayward, when, uh, Alu Alu was out, we saw teams be like, so who's your third defensive lineman? Who's your fourth? Who's your fifth defensive lineman? If we're constantly putting you in three, four. And we're running and we're wearing those guys down. Who's your depth? Like Cam Hayward only played two thirds of snaps. When if you've got if you've got Alu Alu and Wormley, or you've got Chris Wormley and you've got Carlos Davis in as your defensive tackles, that's not good, right? That's that's what the Raiders want, and that's the point where they are going to be able to start dictating the game interior to the interior of our line. So while we could see. A Witherspoon play, I it, I don't think it would make that much of a difference uh, because we're we're probably not going to spend that much time in nickel. We're going to spend a lot more time in the three four defense. Uh, so I'm very interested to see if the Steelers call up an extra defensive lineman because because I think we're we had five last week. Yeah, Lauder Milk was healthy scratched. Yeah, 
We had wow. five in that game last week. I, I would not be surprised to see the Steelers carry seven active defensive linemen. I don't know if they can do a practice squad call-up. I don't know how those work this year. I haven't paid attention to all that. But I would not be surprised six or seven. Uh, seven if they can, six if they can't. I just, I just expect that because the, the Raiders, if they're smart, are going to be coming for our, our interior line. Right. Now, we are uh, approaching the top of our show here. So I, I do want to ask, uh, what would your final score prediction be for Sunday's game between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh? Well, I expect a very low-scoring game uh, with a with a late touchdown to make it 13-6. to six. Ooh, Very low-scoring. See, I, I'm th- I'm thinking that crowd juice and like th- that emotional ro- roller coaster the Raiders have been on. I think it just falls into the Steelers' lap. Uh, they usually play really, really good uh, in their home opener. I think the Steelers win this one in a blowout style fashion, thirty-one ten. Uh, honestly, I, I think this is falling perfectly in- into this game to just the Steelers methodically move the ball down the field, score uh, with so- with some frequency. And just hold the Raiders down. I, I think the Raiders are just in a bad spot right now. Uh, they'll get healthy. They'll get good again. But I just don't think this is their week. Um, I, before- see, I think I think we're going to see Max Crosby do a number on Chukwuma Okorafor. But then they uh-huh. don't have they don't have Unique Ngakwe on the other side. I think that's where you 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 focus your double teams. Uh, you line slide towards Max Crosby and just tell uh, Okorafor to worry about his his outside gap. Uh, you just slide the entire line that way. If he's cutting back in, you have Trey Turner there in support. There's there's things you can do because that Raiders D line yeah. is beat up. I, I think that's the game plan. Is you're just like, all right, let's let's focus our assets on this guy. Uh, well, that's what I do. That, I think we can both agree then that the to, to me the story of this game is seriously the interior of the line. If on offense we need to win the interior, on defense we got to win the interior. Where David, where Derek Carr was able to do damage against the Ravens is when he was able to step up. If he can, They had that edge rush coming, but he was consistently able to step up in the pocket, and that's why they lost that game. If the Steelers are going to win, beat the, to beat the Raiders and to neutralize Derek Carr, you have to have bodies there when he steps up in the pocket. Like Josh Allen faced, you know, that's how Cam Hayward got his sack. He had to step up in the pocket, and Cam Hayward's just waiting for him. Guys, the Steelers, if they can do that, they can win the interior of the line, I think we win this game easily. Last question for you here tonight, Jeffrey. Who would you predict to be the Steelers player of the game? When all the dust is settled, who will be the best player after uh, the Steelers play the Raiders? I'll go with Najee Harris. I think he, uh, you I'm said he wouldn't that. get 75 yards, but he no, would be the rushing, player of the game. I didn't say he wouldn't get 75 oh, okay. yards rushing. I also said if, they, if Ben Roethlisberger can throw passes that actually hit him in the chest, he's going to tear it up. And I think he does. And I think uh, fourth quarter, you see him break a low-scoring game, and score a touchdown that gives the Steelers First a win. his career. Now, for me, I'm going to go with T.J. Watt. Uh, he had two two sacks and a uh, forced fumble. I think he is going to eat poor Alex Leatherwood's lunch. Uh, like we talked about with uh, Max Crosby, the difference here is the Steelers have a fantastic front seven. They're probably the best in football. You cannot devote all your assets to T.J. Watt because if they do, then uh, – Melvin Ingram is going to have the three sacks that I'm kind of predicting here for TJ Watt. I I think this is going to be a crazy afternoon for one of the outside linebackers. Right now I'm saying it's TJ Watt because they just simply can't force feed uh, all the help to his side. I think TJ Watt has one of these games where all of a sudden we're like, okay, five sacks in two games. This boy, this boy came to play. 
uh, that hold-in really didn't mean much of anything. But uh, Jeffrey, I think on defense you got to watch out for Cam Hayward. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think I think when you see TJ Watt going off, they're going to be their car is going to be creeping up. He's going to be pushing up, and Cam Hayward, the way he played against Buffalo, if he does that in, in Oak, if he does that against the Las Vegas Raiders, not the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, we're going to see him with multiple sacks. Yeah, you know what? Cam Hayward was an absolute freak. He was, he was my player of the game last week. But uh, outside of that, uh, Jeffrey Benedict, is there anything you want to plug for the people? Uh, yeah. Go Vertex to the today. Website. We have we had the we did a vertex on Cam Sutton this week, uh, and I just did one on the Steelers pass rush where they didn't bl- they blitzed twice in this game. It's the lowest blitz count uh, I think since Keith Butler took over in 2015. I, I can't imagine there was anyone lower than two blitzes, and he did a great job. He, Dick LeBeau would be proud of the job he did with some of his creative blitzing. Uh, it's a great one to look at. Some of the stuff we did was just phenomenal. Great stuff. Now, uh, as we sign off here, I want to remind everyone to click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. As we like to say, should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the great Vertex articles that Jeffrey and Dave put together are just outstanding. You learn about football and you learn about the Pittsburgh Steelers through those. So make sure you're reading each and every one of those. Uh, their commentary, tons of other film room breakdowns, uh, lists, previews. You name it, it is there at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. So make sure you're clicking over to that. And lastly, just make sure you are listening to the entire family podcast from Behind the Steel Curtain. 25 original titles. And that's typically we split a lot of our shows too. So that is more than 25 podcasts being uploaded each and every week for your listening pleasure. So make sure you are uh, dialed in on that as well. If you love football, if you love the Pittsburgh Steelers, like we know most of you listening to this are, uh, especially most of you that uh, listen to an hour and a, hour and five minutes of, of us two blabbering on about this team. So I, I know you love this team. So make sure you're following along uh, five stars, likes, whatever your podcast platform is that you listen to uh, your podcast. Just uh, make sure you are dialed in there. So for my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. Thank you for listening to Know Your Enemy. We will catch you guys next week. Go Steelers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.